And good morning. This is Gary Demas, Dave Fox, Home Remodeling Show, and really happy to have you all listening this morning. And Jamie's with me, of course. Jamie, how are you doing this morning? I'm doing great. Thanks, Gary. Good morning. Good morning. Okay, Jamie, so what are we talking about today on the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show? Probably has something to do with residential remodeling, I would guess. You're if good. A that's, a good that's a good Is guess. That good good okay. guess. Great. Yes. We're going to be talking about some kitchen design problems and some designer pro tips and solutions to some of those problems and rules of thumbs to follow in the kitchen, things like that. Sounds great. So kitchen design problems. Is that what you said? <laughs> uh, yeah, design problems and mostly their solutions. Problems are, that's engaging because you want to find out what the problem is. Yes, and major problems. professional tips on those problems. Yes. So we have got answers for people today that have kitchen design problems then, right? That's correct. Okay. Some that sounds pro like tips a great and, show. Yeah. Yeah. So where do we start with all that? I guess we start by letting everybody know they can reach us if they want to. Mm -hmm. by email at info at .com. We like to hear from everybody. And sometimes we get interesting questions about maybe one of the topics that we discussed or maybe we were talking about colors, I remember, and someone wanted to see those colors. Yeah. So we're always happy to help any of our listeners that have any questions with anything <clears throat> uh, because that's what Dave Fox Remodeling does, right? We help people get what they want and what Absolutely. they need. Okay, Jamie, you want to tell them a little bit about our website and other ways to get hold of us or see all the beautiful things that you put together in our marketing department? Yeah, absolutely. So you can uh, listen to any previously broadcast radio shows on our website at DaveFoxRadio.com or just at DaveFox.com and under our company tab. Uh, we have a radio show kind of section there. You can listen, you can watch, you can read all the things about our radio show and the content. And then you can also find us on all um, po uh, podcast platforms. So mm -hmm. Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, anything like that. Um, just search for the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. And on our website, of course, there's endless inspiration, information about our process, um, project timelines. A million photographs. A million and ten photographs, mm -hmm. actually, I counted. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. and, um, and then also, you know, budget ranges, which I know is a big big question of a lot of people when they contact mm -hmm. us is kind of how much is this going to cost yeah and, you know wondering if their budget is in line speaking um, of which i mean material prices have been increasing lately like crazy yes and our sub costs are going up so people may say there's no inflation but believe me we are experiencing it big time so unfortunately remodeling costs are going up right now yeah absolutely and i think too um you know another thing to kind of I guess caution about if you're thinking about doing remodeling, not only are our costs going up for subcontractors and their work, but also the schedules are getting a little little yeah. longer um, yeah. and a little bit tougher to get into. So even with contractors around town, I know not everybody is taking on more work at this time. Um, so we we still are able to take on more work, but it's definitely yeah definitely busy times. It is yeah, <laughs> but yeah so. We're fortunate though that we have our design team and that's a big part of our process with kind of laying everything out, thinking through everything. I mean, down to the nitty gritty of when our designers are working with our clients in a kitchen specifically on, you know, not only there's the layout, but then there's in each drawer, what do you plan on putting in that drawer and what would be the best size? Is this size gonna work for what's going in that drawer? I mean, such 
such immense detail goes into every little nook and cranny of the space. Yeah, that's so true. When we talk about design problems or challenges, you know, challenge is a good word. Yes. Uh, but design is full of challenges because um, I guess it would be different if you were if you were building new homes and you could create the exact space you wanted. You might be re- constrained a little bit by the lot and the views and stuff, but generally whatever you want to do, you can do. You just build it to the size that you sure. need. Yeah. But in remodeling, that's not the case. We're going in and we're trying to use the existing floor plan as efficiently as possible and window locations, door locations, all of that stuff. Yeah. So it all presents design challenges and uh, that's really a lot of the fun of the design process is working through those issues and looking at all the what if scenarios and seeing if uh, moving a door is going to make a big improvement in the floor plan or relocating a window or i mean there's just so many variables and that it really makes design fun to kind of figure out what's the best solution for each of the different unique projects that we run into yeah and i think a lot of times with design challenges and things like that it really comes down to function Um, there's not many design challenges in aesthetics necessarily of course there's a lot of nuances and things that are really important to making it look good but the challenges really come from the layout and the function and the flow and things like that. Um, it's funny, my parents are on vacation right now and they're renting a house and the function of the house is just driving them crazy. Really? It's just things are just in weird spaces and in the bedroom you have to close the doors in order to see the TV. It's like behind oh. the door. <laughs> and they don't like having closed doors, like it's uh, a thing to them. So it's uh-huh. just really funny, they're like, I don't, I don't know why they would have done that. And they yeah. like talked about moving it. I'm like, just leave, leave it a be. Yeah. You're there a week, calm yeah. down. <laughs> but it's so funny how little, little function things can just really become such a pain point for you. Yeah. If the space doesn't work for you. Yeah. And that's why really getting to know our clients is so crucial because maybe to some person that house was perfectly designed, you know, but to someone else, it was like who on earth could have ever dreamed of this. Yeah. So really getting to know our clients and what their needs are and how their lifestyle, mm-hmm. all their preferences is really a big part of the design. Yeah. So with that being said, what is our number one on the list design challenge today? Well, so it was interesting. The way I came up with this list is I emailed our design department, all the interior designers, and Mm kind of said, you know, what are some big problems, challenges that you come across and, you know, with clients and their home? And then what are your solutions for those problems? Or what are kind of your go-to rule of thumb for space when Mm -hmm. you're designing a space? You make sure you have X, Y, and Z, or do you just kind of go for it? Mm -hmm. And almost all of them responded back with something about lighting. Really? Every single one. And and just yeah. the importance of the lighting in a space, especially in a kitchen. Um, and I thought that was really interesting because when you think of a kitchen, you think, okay, cabinets, countertops, mm-hmm. floor, like you think of the big things, yeah. but lighting was every single one had a big area in their kind of feedback about lighting yeah. um, and just incorporating the different mixes of lighting and how important that is to the space. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and so, you know, we, if you're working under a cam light, just one cam light, and you go to cut something, you lean over it, mm-hmm. you're immediately gonna create a shadow over what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they talk about the importance of that ambient lighting as well as kind of that task lighting mm-hmm. and how they balance each other. Um, and and then just kind of how they go about that. Um, 
What sort of lighting do you have in your kitchen? So in my kitchen, I have what we do very often in our remodeling projects. So that would be perimeter can lighting. So it's all strategically located uh, over the counter in workspaces. Mm-hmm. And then the island, we've got three pendant lights that light the island. So in addition to that, I have under cabinet lighting. Uh-huh. So as you mentioned, Jamie, when you're like working at the counter, yeah, and you hold your head over, that can light is directly above you, and it does cast a shadow. Sure. So the under cabinet light completely offsets that and floods that area with the light that you need when you're when you're task oriented when you're doing something. Yeah. So the lighting, sense. I mean, it works great in our kitchen. We just we just love it and use a lot of the different variables. Sometimes we only have the pendant lights on. You know, mm-hmm. if it's in the evening or we don't need much light early in the morning. Or we've got it kind of zoned into three sections <clears throat> for the uh, perimeter lighting with the cans. Yeah. And then we've got uh, the under cabinet lighting is in two zones. So we've got a, re- a huge variety of options in the lighting, which is really, there's always a need for that at some time of day or whatever you're doing. Yeah, absolutely. And depending where the light comes in um, yeah. and things like Natural that. Natural light, sure. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And one of the big tips too was dimmers are a great way to adjust all of that lighting. Yeah, so dimmers, we usually like to put dimmers uh, on can lighting arrangements. And under cabinet lights, typically they can be dimmed or they might have two settings, you know, one brighter, one one not quite as bright. I always just keep mine on bright, you know. <laughs> the older you get, the more light you need. So young gal like you, Jamie, you don't need half the light that I need. I never turn the lights on. (laughs) (laughs) Well, your eyes will change over the years. So just a little heads up there. All right. Well, I guess we'll talk about more lighting uh, after the break. Sounds good. So Jamie, today on the Day Fox Home Remodeling Show, we're talking about kitchen design issues, problems, challenges, however you want to talk about it. Yes. And more importantly, their solutions. The solutions. (laughs) We are here to solve challenges and problems and issues yeah right absolutely but only pertaining to design in residential remodeling i mean we could try something else well (laughs) let's stay in that area i think it's a lot safer in today's age okay Okay? fair enough (laughs) all right so we were talking about lighting and the crucial part of that uh, or the importance of that so you'd asked me about my kitchen I talked about the can lights, the under cabinet lights, the pendants over the island. Yeah. Um, And I mentioned I'm a a lights off person. I don't turn them on until they have to be on. That's because you're young and your eyes are strong. (laughs) Now me, uh, you know, I'm lights off when I go downstairs, turn off all the lights and go upstairs to go to bed. Yeah. That's about it. I, I just, something about natural light to me is, especially in the kitchen, if it's possible to only see by natural light, that's my first choice. Yeah, and that's great. And in my home, I have tons of, of windows and stuff, so we get a ton of natural light. Yeah. And during the daytime, yeah, you're right. There's, uh, I can do a whole lot with just the natural light, and that's great. Yeah. All right. And so, and actually, um, one point that was brought up with the lighting, even though we're just talking about kitchens, is that a lot of those same rules apply um, in a bathroom. Mm-hmm. And uh, one of the brought up the one of our designers brought up the analogy of you know you think of Halloween time and you hold the flashlight up under your chin yeah and kind of tell a scary story by Absolutely. a campfire yeah yes that is so fun and uh, in a bathroom if you only have a can light and no 
you know, extra task lighting of any sort, mm-hmm. you kind of create the opposite effect. So doing things like your makeup and stuff in a mirror like that could be yeah. quite interesting. Sure. So speaking of a bathroom, especially the vanity area where you're looking in the mirror, you're, sh- you're shaving, you're putting makeup on, who knows what, but you need to see your face well illuminated without shadows, right? Yeah. So in my bathrooms and a lot of the ones that we do, I'll have some overhead lighting. It might be cans or mm-hmm. whatever. And then we'll have like sconce lights on both sides of the mirror. So that is lined up right even with your face. So with that combination of lighting, your face is getting even lighting really from all sides and eliminates all the shadows and it's great. Yeah. Yeah, that's definitely definitely the ideal. But yeah, yep. so that is basically a lot of the kind of lighting solutions and problems are taken care of in that way. Another big thing that came up um, was the the workflow and kind of making sure that there's enough clearance in different areas and, you know, there's minimums and guidelines and things like that. But then, you know, always wanting at least 48 inches of space if there's going to be the potential of two people working in that space. So if you have the sink in the island and then the range on the perimeter wall, you're going to want at least that 48 inches of space to make sure that you have... Um, adequate space for both people and even more is preferred yeah yeah for uh, two people <clears throat> working in the kitchen at the same time <clears throat> that is nice 42 would be kind of a, a standard dimension for a one cook kitchen uh-huh <clears throat> and getting that 48 inches is not always the easiest thing to do you know again we mentioned how we um excuse me had to get a little drink there <clears throat> we get into design issues because we're in remodeling and we're working around existing walls, windows, doors, et cetera, and the size of the room. So uh, there's a lot of constraints that can come into play with that. Yeah. So if we, let's say we want 48 inches because it's a two-cook kitchen, <clears throat> but we might have uh, walls in the area. Yeah. Uh, that are really causing a problem getting that, if especially we have an island. Yeah. And maybe there's situations where we just can't put an island in because of the space we have to work with. But in an island or a galley kitchen, you know, <clears throat> the 48 inches is preferred, uh, even for one person if you've got the room. just gives you a little more space. You don't want too wide of a space there because then you're kind of walking yourself to death. You're right, getting food, too many steps. <laughs> rolling out cookies on the island, turning around, going to the sink, and you don't want to have to take a lot of steps there. Yeah. So, yeah, and I real, would think that could be a tough conversation for clients. You know, when they kind of come to us and they have their dream space and they're saying, "I really want to open up my kitchen. I've always dreamed of having a big island, and and it just simply doesn't fit." You know, and sometimes an addition isn't an isn't an option, whether it's because of budget restrictions or actual space restrictions and deed restrictions and things, but, um, it can be a tough conversation when it's just not, not possible. Yeah. <clears throat> and that's the real world because yeah. we've got our recommendations and a lot of those are established by National Kitchen and Bath Association. Mm-hmm. Um, and they come up with, uh, guidelines, which they update on an annual basis. So it's not like they created these Right, or guidelines or rules 30 years ago and they're still in effect today. No, mm-hmm. that evolves and it changes because our lifestyles change and uh, you know, the things that are important to us in the kitchen change over time. So yeah. uh, those regulations are things, the guidelines uh, that the National Kitchen and Bath puts out. I know when 
a lot of our designers are certified kitchen designers through yes. the National Kitchen and Bath Association. So they have to study these guidelines and take tests and draw, you know, do floor plans mm -hmm. to prove they know what they're talking about. So it's a lot of work really to study all of that, but it's important because the, the Kitchen and Bath Association has gone through a lot of studies and they continue to do that to find out what works the best, what gives you the best clearance, um, you know, one cook kitchen versus two cook kitchen. All those things kind of come together. So you've got that established, established set of guidelines, but even then, here we are sticking all this into a kitchen that maybe doesn't allow us to do every single one of them. Right. When we try hard, but the real world scenario is we can't always accomplish all of them. Yeah. Well, and another, uh, you know, challenge that has come up um, on various projects, which is kind of an odd challenge, but, you know, there is such a thing as too much space. Yeah. You know, it's it's almost hard to fill it and still make it really functional sometimes. And um, I've heard the designers kind of go over that with, with different projects and things like that. And, you know, I think we did a bathroom once that was 700 square feet. That's about <laughs> the size of my first house. Yeah. <laughs> um, and it's, you know, what... A bathroom has a vanity it has a shower it has a tub what else can we put in a bathroom you know it's that you get to that conversation of okay we need to make it seem functional and not wasted mm -hmm. um but still usable and 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 not empty yeah and it can be kind of uncomfortable having too much space in a room yeah and it's funny because i think i've mentioned this on a previous show a lot of times our clients like if they're adding an addition on or expanding their kitchen or bathroom they typically think they need more room than they really do. Mm -hmm. So that's that happens over and over and over again. People think, I need to add 10 feet to my kitchen. Well, no, you don't. That would be too big. It would be awkward. We wouldn't, uh, you'd be walking yourself to death trying to prepare a meal. Yeah. And so maybe it would only be four feet and accomplish all their goals and the floor plan would work smoothly and efficiently and the people would be very comfortable in that space. But that's, you know, that's what you learn through design. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, we've all heard of kind of that work triangle and the importance of mm -hmm. that and things like that. And the designers, um, you know, mentioned that sometimes they're looking more for work zones than they are focused on that work triangle. Yeah. And that, you know, that rule can be bent a little bit or accommodated in different ways. So if it's better for that space and the layout to maybe interrupt that work triangle with an island or something like that, you can create work zones by putting in things like a prep sink sure. so you don't have to walk all the way around the island to go to the sink it's kind of a a breaking the rule that's acceptable mm -hmm. yeah <laughs> um, it's kind of an, al yeah, an alteration to the rules uh, yeah supplementing them for the, the specific type of use that that kitchen is going to get or that family how they're going to use it so it's interesting stuff all this design savvy that we're talking about we're going to yeah. take a break we'll be right back and welcome back. This is the Dave Fox Home Remodeling Show. We are here every single Sunday morning at 8 o'clock, aren't we, Jamie? We sure are. We are so dedicated to our job. Hey, nine seasons. It's amazing. It's a lot. Nine seasons. <laughs> okay, so we appreciate everybody tuning in, and we like hearing from you, too. So if you have heard us talking about kitchen design issues and you have one that we are not mentioning that you really want an idea for, just email us info at davefox.com we'd be happy to answer that yeah you can also hopefully by now you all follow us on instagram at davefoxdesignbuild um it's a really great resource for us especially being part of our day-to-day -day on there you can 
learn a lot about the in and outs of our company. It's also a really easy way to send us a quick message on there if you have something specific. Um, we usually post some content related to whatever show is airing that Sunday. Um, so feel free to you know, engage with us on, on Instagram and social media. We love hearing from you and we, we love kind of sharing our everyday in that capacity. Sounds good. Yeah. Okay, so we talked about lighting uh, in the first segment. We talked about workflow and like uh, critical spaces required. Maybe you're laying out a kitchen and you have have an island, so you want to have a minimum of 42 inches of space between the counters, and preferably 48 if you have, you know, a couple cooks working in there. Uh, so where are we headed to next, Jamie, with all of our design issues that we're solving today? Yeah, so next, uh, let's talk about appliances. Okay. They can create some interesting challenges, um, especially, you know, a lot of the designers mentioned that even more so now than in previous years, um, clients are, are hoping for and wanting those kind of big professional grade appliances. Yeah. Um, the kind of quintessential wolf range with the red knobs is pretty nice. <laughs> it's would a pretty you good like look. one of those? Would you like one of those? I would, yes. Be honest yes, with I would. Now. You yeah. would? Okay. I would definitely like one of those. I think it would take up probably more than half of my kitchen. So that might okay. be an issue, but. <laughs> so if any of our listeners has an extra one of those, just know that Jamie could use it. Yeah. Okay. Yes, right. definitely. I'll work around it. Okay. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Well, and, but that's exactly kind of their point is that's exactly what I would want. If I was remodeling my kitchen, I mm-hmm. would want the big 48 inch wolf red knob. Would you know how to use that big thing? I mean, on You'd off. Learn, huh? I've oh, okay. As an on off. Actually, switch. you know, yeah. with Wolf and and Sub Zero, this is a tangent here, but they, when you purchase one of their appliances, they have a rep and they come to your home and show you exactly how everything works, how to cook on it. Um, you can also go out to Tisdale in Cincinnati and use an appliance and figure out how to use them all and everything. And yeah. it's pretty amazing how their level of customer service is is unlike anything else in the appliance industry. Mm-hmm. Um, well, when your appliance costs as much as a car, yeah. <laughs> you would expect that, right? It's worth it. Okay. <laughs> but anyways, um, with these big appliances, they don't fit in every kitchen. You know, yeah. I, as much as I would want that big 48 inch range, uh, I would lose a lot of cabinet space and a lot of counter space and fitting that all in or, you know, being, our poor designers end up having to squash their dreams <laughs> in yeah. some ways. Well. Um, but the 36 inch range is beautiful mm-hmm. and Wolf makes one that's 36 and if you really want that look. But I think making, kind of making that balance between, okay, do you want that 48 inch refrigerator or do you want enough counter space to prep next to the refrigerator mm-hmm. and kind of talking through those options and, and things like that. and. It used to be we would create a design um, around somewhat of standard appliances. And then once we were moving forward with the project, we would have our clients work with some of our partners in town, um, Ferguson or custom distributors or Jack's appliances, go and work with the professionals to figure out our appliances. But anymore, they'll come back one and, you know, we planned on a 36 inch and they come back with this 48 inch range, 48 inch refrigerator, these huge appliances. It doesn't and fit it, the plan. Huh? Yeah, it totally changes the plan. So uh, their recommendation is actually the sooner you can figure out your appliances, the better. Yeah. yeah. 
That's so true because appliances today are so different than they were years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. There's just so many different features, and and the really high end uh, appliances are getting more focused, more attention now. People are reaching out for that. Yeah. So you've got. Uh, you know, people who obviously you get more interested in your cooking, right? Mm-hmm. If you're spending a lot of money on appliances, and I mean, it just kind of engages you in your cooking, and you want to learn more about it and how to do it. So, I think it's so critical uh, in today's age for people to really study appliances early, like just like you mentioned, because there's um, in a kitchen layout, appliances are such a critical area, and they demand a certain amount of size, and size is usually at a premium in most kitchen layouts. It's not often that you have a room so big that you can just do whatever you want to. Right. right? Every now and then that happens, but very rarely. Yeah. It's usually you're fighting for space and trying to cram too much into the space. So uh, if the designer knows early on that you want that 48-inch cooktop, or you want that 48-inch or 42-inch refrigerator unit, or that great big hood, you know, then that's those are the objects they'll start to design with, and they'll yeah. work off of those. Yeah, I think, you know, being smart about it and differentiating between your must-haves and your your <coughs> your nice-to-haves, and kind of deciding which which are the things that you want to design your kitchen around, really. Is it is it that function and counter space that you really want or your must-haves? Mm-hmm. Or is it that 48-inch wolf range yeah. um, and refrigerator is deciding which one you want if you're... I mean, almost every kitchen, no matter how large, you're going to have to make kind of those types of decisions. Because yes. even if it's a really large space, there might be a window or a door that you're still having to balance mm-hmm. between. And so figuring that all out... Um, yeah. It's really important. The balancing, the give and take that happens in every design. Mm-hmm. You know, there's just, there's a series of compromises that typically have to be made. So that's where just weighing all the options are so crucial. And also how you use the space. For instance, uh, if you're feeding a lot of people, it reminds me of when my daughter and her six children lived with us. At every <laughs> Those meal, good old times. <laughs> there were nine people at every right. meal. <laughs> and the, one of the kids uh, had one of their friends over once, and, and she said, my goodness, this is every meal. This is like Thanksgiving in our home. (laughs) So if you're cooking for a lot of people, then that's really crucial and you need appliances that'll handle that. If it's uh, just a very few people, then maybe you don't need to go with the 48 inch or maybe the 36 will work for you. Right. Yeah. I think too, another piece that's really important if you're wanting those um, professional grade appliances is knowing that for the sake of your budget. Because if you only have a certain budget that you're willing to spend on your kitchen and you and professional-grade appliances is a must-have to you, that could be half your budget. Yeah. I mean, that, mm-hmm. that it's, a, it's a very very much an investment piece um, in your home and in your cooking. So yeah. it needs to be something that you are willing to sacrifice in the rest of your design for if you need to stay within that budget. Yeah. And there are, (laughs) when you talk about budgets, wow, it can't go crazy. (laughs) Because I can think of two projects we've done in the past year that had an oven range that was over $30,000. Yeah. So. I bet it. Yeah. So appliance packages can get up there fifty, sixty, seventy thousand dollars $70,000 if you just go find the best stuff out there on the market. Yeah. But you can do really nice appliances in the, in the thirty to 40000 range. Yeah, right? absolutely. And I think that just, you know, are you purchasing that $12,000 range because 
it looks really cool. Yeah. <laughs> I get it. <laughs> no judgment. Okay. <laughs> but, or are you a, a chef and you're cooking these meals every night that you would really utilize everything that that has to offer mm-hmm. and it's, you know, part of your every single day. Yeah. And I think you just have to kind of make that choice on your own of what's the best decision for you, your family, your budget, and your home mm-hmm. and weigh those options. But yeah, appliances is definitely something really early on to start investigating and, and having an understanding of. There are a lot of options. That's um, right. So our professional recommendation to our listeners, if you're contemplating kitchen remodel, is get out there, study some appliances, go to some uh, good appliance locations, look them over, get a good idea of what you need for your family and what you want, mm-hmm. and then bring that to your designer and they'll help you put it all together. We're going to take a break. Okay, Jamie, here we are talking about kitchen design. Uh, we talked a little bit about bath design. We're talking primarily about some of the design challenges that we run into. And why don't you tell again our listeners how you came up with some of these ideas? Yeah, so I just went ahead and emailed our interior design team and asked them for some of their biggest challenges that they come across when developing a kitchen design and what their solutions are. Their kind of rule of thumb, their go-to, their kind of tricks in their back pocket that they're, they're always making sure they're following when they're going through a kitchen design. And I got a lot of great feedback. You know, we started out with the lighting because that was probably the most common uh, response that I got from all the designers was the importance of that lighting. And then touched on some workflow and appliances. And and now here we are in some, uh, we have some tricks. Yeah. Tricks and tips. Yeah. <laughs> you know, when you talk about lighting, one of the things I failed to mention when we were talking about that is, um, all the things we're talking about come with a budget, right? Sure. And we can be talking about all these grand and glorious things, and everyone thinks, yes, I want to do all that. I want to do all of it. And then they find out how much it costs, and they say, let's scale this down. (laughs) But I'm finding that in today's kitchens, a lot of times the lighting package can be in the four dollars to $8,000 range. So it's an investment. Wow. Yeah. uh, There's a lot of light fixtures, a lot of light wiring options, you know, cabinet lights, all LED lighting, uh, nice fixtures over an island, pendants or pendeliers. So the lighting budget, and well, I should say electrical altogether, because we're adding new circuits for appliances and that mm-hmm. type of stuff, all that kind yeah. of gets wrapped into there. But it is a significant investment. But I can tell you that that's something you're going to use every single day that you're mm-hmm. in that kitchen or that yeah. space. Makes lighting a big difference. It's so crucial. And while it's a kind of a big gulp initially to swallow that, you know, two or three years later, you're going to be so happy that you did that because you just find out how much it improves your lifestyle and how you feel about living in your home. Yeah. Well, I think too, there's been a lot of complexity added to the kind of electrical lighting outlet situation of a, of even a kitchen. They, the kitchen becomes everything in our home. So it becomes our charging stations. You know, our outlets are are not just for plugging in the toaster when you use it anymore. It also has USB ports. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it even has a little nightlight on it. I mean, it has, there's a lot more to every little piece that's going into all of these too. So it's a complex. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay, so tricks and tips. Yeah. So um, one of the things that we, I had emailed the design team about was giving some tips on being short on storage. You know, storage space is 
challenging and necessary. Mm -hmm. um, it's a necessary evil in a lot of ways, but making sure that you can store all of your things and in an effective manner. I know I have, we have pretty good storage in our kitchen, but there's one cabinet that drives me crazy because it's for the bigger bowls, you know, for okay. like your salad bowls, your, and then I have the mixing bowls. And the way that it's organized, it's three or four bowls are stacked in each bowl. Yeah. And it drives me nuts. Yeah. You don't <laughs> like to, to stack them like that? Well, because you have to take, I always end up wanting the middle one. Yeah. Every time. <laughs> so I have to take them all out and get the middle one out mm -hmm. and then put them all back away. Mm -hmm. And I don't know why, but that's, that's probably my biggest pain point for me in my kitchen is those stacked bowls. Yeah. But. Yeah. Speaking of which, um, when you're storing space in cabinets, uh, going overboard on the number of shelves you have can really help solve a lot of issues. Because typically a cabinet's going to come with three, maybe four shelves standard. Yeah. <clears throat> but I've had some clients order like five or six shelves for a cabinet. And that way you have much more options on uh, meeting the size of whatever you're putting in there. So if you yeah. have a stack of plates that's four inches high... Mm -hmm. then you can have a shelf that's four and a half to five inches leaves that much space. You just slide those plates in there. It's a very efficient. Yeah. And you can put your saucers or cups or something above those. So that way you can really strategize how you position those shelving based on the dishes that you're putting in there. Yeah. That really helps. Smart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. One, one really big takeaway I've gotten from the interior designers over the years is the, I don't even know the word for it, but the impact of a 12 inch depth cabinet. It's such great storage. Yeah. <laughs> you know, you always think more, more is better. So you think, mm -hmm. oh, I have oh. room for 24 inches. Let's mm -hmm. go 24 inches. Mm -hmm. But the, the ease of um, storing things and mm -hmm. organizing things in something that's 12 inches or even less is so nice. <laughs> yeah. So you're not burying stuff in the back. Yeah. And then I mean, you've got your 18 inch uh, pantry cabinet where mm -hmm. you're putting larger, you know, stuff in there and yeah. you need the space and you got your 24 inch deep maybe above the refrigerator where you're putting your great big giant bowls like i like to make bread and i have a great big giant bowl and yeah you know it needs a big cabinet yeah but i don't need a whole bunch of 24 inch cabinetry no right yeah. well and that was one of their recommendations is finding areas that you could add those more shallow depth cabinets you know if you mm -hmm. if your island if you could add six inches eight inches to an end of it Sure, do that. Use it for the storage that it is. Yeah. Um, I think of one kitchen that we did that had these, it was in one of the island legs where these four little drawers, and I thought they were just adorable. Oh, yeah. And <laughs> didn't, didn't think anything else of them other than the fact that they were adorable. Mm. And then in talking to the interior designer, it was a junk drawer for each family member. Oh, that's And cool. I thought that was just the most perfect use yeah. of that space. It was a really chunky, big kind of, pronounced leg on this island and i just thought that was such a great use Very of space clever. i would yeah. love for each person in our house to have their own junk drawer yeah um but things like that you know there's the toe kick area that you can actually create drawers in some of them for mm -hmm. cookie sheets and things like that um and then just rethinking how things are stored and in incorporating some of the specialized accessories can really go a long way um mm -hmm. in, in maximizing that space yeah so a variety of storage spaces is very helpful because we have in kitchens so many different sized objects and utensils and items. Yeah. But then the problem is when someone else puts the dishes away, you can't find anything. 
Yeah, everyone has to be on the same page yeah. for the organization. Exactly, because if you have a variety of storage spaces all over the place, like in our kitchen, we have a very large kitchen. And if my daughter puts the dishes away, there's something that I always go to a particular drawer for. Uh, and if can't find it, and I look, it's like, okay, now where on earth do I start looking in this kitchen? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's kind of a, a guessing game at that yeah. point, huh? Um, another area that you might be short on is counter space. Um, you know, in a lot of the smaller kitchens that we're doing, it's sometimes hard to get enough counter space and prep space in there. Uh, one of the kind of bigger recommendations from our designers is to look into incorporating the sinks that come with accessories. Yeah. Um, the Franke, I think is how you Franke, say it. Yeah. Franke mm -hmm. sinks. And then also Kohler makes one as well of these sinks with all these accessories, um, cutting boards, colanders, drying racks, all yeah. kind of within the sink space, which I think is really a great use of, kind of secondary use of your sink space, mm -hmm. which mm -hmm. takes up a lot of square footage in a small kitchen. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, but as you say, you can use it for multiple purposes and <clears throat> yeah, that helps. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then also just kind of tricks of getting the appliances off the counter. So whether that means storing them in your pantry instead or doing things like a microwave drawer that mm -hmm. puts it down off the counter, mm -hmm. um, anything like that, moving your drop zones and landing zones into another space, um, charging stations, maybe go in another room, things like that can really help maximize the space in your kitchen. Um, and go yeah. from there. Especially, yeah, like you say, in limited counter space areas, because counter space is so crucial. You've got to have counter space. Yes. And uh, if you've got it full of small appliances and uh, toasters and all that stuff, then it's eating up valuable space. So, yeah, creating special little storage spaces for appliances, even in some pantry areas, like a rollout shelving or something in a pantry area, works good for that. So, Jamie, today has been interesting. We talked a lot about design issues, challenges, problems that we run into from time to time. And that's because every house is different. They yep. have different wall locations, door locations, windows. But it's been fun talking about that. We appreciate everybody tuning in. <clears throat> we want everybody to know they can go to info at DaveFox.com. Well, wait a minute. They're going to email us at info yes. at DaveFox.com. And they're going to go to DaveFoxRadio.com yes. to listen to this or any previously broadcast shows. And we will be back here next Sunday morning at 8.